are the People's Pod, giving you unfiltered, unqualified content every single week. I'm Cliff. He's Joe. Welcome back, everybody. What's up, everybody? A lot of things going on. That was louder than usual. I feel like you were like really excited today or something. I know. I'm pumped. I got a good rundown today. I made a new game. It's all <laughs> happening. It's all coming together in the stars. Uh, I like it. I like what's going on today. We're going to talk about Russell Westbrook's breakout. We got Harden insulting Giannis. The Rockets small ball. Lakers making plays at Dion Waiters, the announcement of the next Bachelorette. But we got to start with brand new game, Joe. I'm calling it Sherlock or Surely You're Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give you a scenario. Is this a genius thought? Is this an astute observation? Is this elementary, my dear Watson? Or is it delusional? Surely you're kidding me. <laughs> All right. We got to start. First one, J.R. Smith was asked in an interview what inspires him to get back on the court. And he said, because I know I'm better than 85% of the players out there. Oh, my gosh. Joe, is he Sherlock or Shirley? You're kidding. Um, how? <laughs> now, I know J.R. Smith's not good at math. <laughs> okay, I know J.R. Smith's not good at math. Because, or keeping time. Yeah, because he didn't know how many seconds were left <laughs> in a game or what the score was <laughs> at the end of the game. <laughs> and that seems like the about as simple math as there can possibly be, <laughs> particularly when the game is tied. But how could he possibly say that he is better than 85% of players out there? Um he must be kidding because I got news for you, Jr. You've never ever been better than eighty five percent of players out there. You, at the best you were ever were in your entire career, was not better than eighty five percent of players out there. What's Jr. Here's Jr. Smith's best. Here's his best season ever. And where 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 was it? His best season ever by far was when he was with the Knicks. 12 13 he averaged 18 points per game five rebounds 2.7 assists 1.3 steals mm. on 42 percent shooting <laughs> and 36 percent from three that was his best season <laughs> that was his best season ever it was as a six man he started zero oh, games. he won six man of the year that year he was very good that was his best season and he was not better than 85% of players out there. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe that season. How many players is it exactly? So let, let me just do the math for you. So yeah, there are about let's, 13 let's to 15 the players. There are about 13 to 15 players on any NBA roster, which rounds out to about like 390 to 450, you know, about 400 NBA players. Okay. There are about 150 NBA starters. Joe, is J.R. Smith better than any current NBA starter right now? No, obviously not. No, the question right now is, has he ever been better than any okay. NBA starter? So with that, is not, that 80- If not, that's already 35% of the people. Okay. So if he's not better than any NBA starter, he can only be better than 65% of all NBA players. Add in sixth men... That's 43%. So he's only better than 
of all the current NBA players. I'm I'm not sure exactly what the math is for him for eighty five percent how many players that is, but I'm pretty well. Let's 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 use four hundred four hundred fifteen. So that'll be sixty, right? He'd have to be better than the top two players on every team. No, no, I don't think ever in his career he's been in the top eighty five percent. Um. No, no, no. And this season right here, by the way, the one I just mentioned, 12 third, that's his best season by far. By far, that's his best season. Uh-huh. I have I have more news for you, J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith, I really hope you listen. CJ, please get J.R. Smith on this pod. Okay? <laughs> J.R. Smith, unlike somebody like Carmelo Anthony, okay, like Carmelo Anthony didn't play for what, like almost a full season? Yes. Or more than, yeah, yeah, almost a full season. And the last time before he played, the last full season before he played basketball, he averaged 16 points and six rebounds. So he actually, yeah, he actually had a still decent season. You could understand why people were like, dude, Carmelo can still play. He can still play on an NBA roster. And they weren't even saying he's better than 85% of the players. They were saying he should be rostered, right? He is one of the the roster. Yes. He is one of the 400 to 450 best NBA players in the world. That's just what they were saying, right? J.R. Smith, on the other hand, he also has played recently, right? His three most recent seasons. Well, I'll say his two most recent complete seasons, he averaged eight points, three rebounds, one and a half assists, one of those seasons, and another season, he averaged eight points, three rebounds, and two assists. He shot he shot 35% one of those seasons, and he shot 40% the other season. What is this guy talking about? Why did we even try to go get him? I don't, I don't, what? <laughs> what is this? What? <laughs> Can I can I read you J.R. Smith's accolades? I'll read you his career accolades. Number yes. one, 2012-2013, sixth man of the year. Next accolade, March 31st, 2013, NBA Player of the Week. <laughs> end of accomplishments. <laughs> the end. End of accomplishments. The end. I tried to think of, like, who's a really delusional, you know, TV character? Yeah. But I couldn't find one to, at J.R. Smith's level. Because <laughs> I was like, maybe like Andy Bernard. You know, oh, like, like this guy like is really... Joe, Joe Bluth. Maybe Joe Bluth. Yeah. Maybe. That's He's actually a magician a good one. named Gob. Yeah. Maybe Job. Maybe Job. But even Job, well, he did screw up a lot of those magic tricks. But at least he could do At least he something. says, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> at least he has some... Self-awareness. This is just ridiculous. And by the way, J.R. Smith, forget 85%. Forget all that, okay? Because I, I will admit, you're very talented. You can do a lot of the things that other players cannot do. And maybe that's why you're delusional in this sense. But you have to be able to do the most basic stuff also. You have to be able to know the score of the game. You have to be able to know, especially when you're on a huge stage like the NBA Finals, and you're on a team that basically has one play all the time, which is give the ball to LeBron James. That is all (laughs) you had to do in that situation. Good job getting the offensive rebound. And he couldn't even follow through with the (laughs) one thing he needed to do. You couldn't do that one job, and you broke LeBron James' brain and spirit for that entire series. Just get out of here. Whoa. (laughs) 
It's like, I'm flabbergasted. I cannot believe that he thinks that. Uh, the reason why this is relevant is because moving on to our next one. Yes. Sherlock or Shirley, you're kidding. The Lakers have waived Troy Daniels to make a roster spot for the aforementioned J.R. Smith or the working out Dion Waiters. Joe, are the Lakers 3008 or are they 2000 and late? Is this Sherlock or Shirley? You're kidding. <sighs> Cliff, why? What is wrong with them? It's not surely you're kidding. It's I hope you're kidding. It's, <laughs> it's I hope. I hope you're not act Well, they waved they waved Troy Daniels, right? Which I think is stupid. Mm-hmm. Not a big stupid because when has Troy Daniel like is Troy Daniels going to matter that much? No, it's not going to matter that much. So I'm, it's fine. Okay. But losing Troy Daniels might not be a big deal. Adding Dion Waiters or J.R. Smith will be a big deal. Well, it potentially can be a big deal and not in the good way. It can be a hugely <laughs> negative In the Hassan Whiteside way. <laughs> because if Troy Daniels gets the rebound at the end of the game, I think nothing's going to happen. But if J.R. Smith gets the <laughs> rebound at the end of the game, I'm scared of what's going to happen. And that's the problem. You don't want... This is a huge potential negative. It could, it's, And it's a tiny it's a tiny sliver of a potential positive we already have a bunch of Dion waiters and jr smiths on our team that are not head cases that do not cause any chemistry issues Dion waiters as talented as Dion waiters is he cannot stay he couldn't stay rostered he couldn't just stay on the team in miami and look how good they are without you know the kinds of guys like Dion waiters and hassan whiteside they just get rid of these guys that some people think like, oh, that's like, isn't that like 15 points per game? You're just throwing that away? Isn't that like, you know, isn't that like 15 and 15 and like two blocks? You're just going to throw that away? And it's like, yeah, because team chemistry matters. The Lakers have great chemistry right now. And the Lakers have, what, seven players that are like Dion Waiters or J.R. Smith that are better than Dion Waiters or J.R. Smith? This makes no sense. I I hope they're kidding. I hope this definitely isn't Sherlock. Okay. It's not Sherlock. (laughs) So this is less Sherlock and more of a, uh, more of a Watson move because, because, Mm. uh, Troy Daniels wanted opportunity for himself, more playing time that the Lakers could Uh, not give. So the Lakers allowed him to leave they i see know, i see they, they allowed him that's to leave. different that's, that's fine I, I see that's fine that's and fine. that's fine that's great it, like they respected where troy Daniels' position this is a team they have a lot of chemistry and so you know they they let him go i see but working out Dion waiters <laughs> replacing <laughs> someone that was you know respectful brought it up the right way they let things play out that and a guy that was getting Paid twelve million this year and twelve million next year, and Miami was like, "Nah, <laughs> just take the money. <laughs> just leave. Just, just leave. leave. It's better leave. for you to take. We'll pay money, you. We'll pay <laughs> you to leave. <laughs> that guy or the guy that's like, I have one job: give the ball to LeBron. Gets the rebound. <laughs> what was I supposed to do again? <laughs> oh my gosh! Those two guys. <laughs> 
like everyone that thinks that Dion Waiters is awesome, right? Dion Waiters, 9-4-1 in 14 minutes in Miami this year on 39% field goal, 47% like a, only a few games, three. right? Yeah, only a he few games. But played. 47% from three. That's incredible. But how do you get nine points in 14 minutes? You guessed it. Nine field goal attempts. That's how you do it. All right? Like Marcus Morris, this has been the only season where he's had an outlier of 40 uh, – had this one outlier, and that's his 47% shooting from three. He's never been over 40% from three. He's at a career 13-3-3, 35% from three, and 41% from the field. He's not efficient, guys. He is not efficient. No, I don't understand. Ter- yeah, he's never been efficient. You've, you've mentioned we have seven guys like him, right? Just play Danny Green. <laughs> Danny Green yeah, can no. play his minutes. Just play KCP. For all the crap I've given KCP, for all the crap I've given him, he's 39.6% from three. Yeah, Danny no. Green is 38%. And Quinn Cook, who struggled, who people bash on, is also 38% from three. Why do people bash on Quinn Cook? They do. Why do people bash on Quinn Dude, guys, you don't understand, okay? You can't be really good with LeBron. <laughs> you just can't be. Like, not a lot of guys can't play well when LeBron is touching the ball all the time. That's and- the thesis for SBR. We should have SBR, <laughs> the people's pod. You can't be good with the law I, of LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> I do not begrudge LeBron. I ha- Like, it's fine. That's how he plays. It works. We're winning. I'm happy. But there's a reason LeBron is averaging let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Just so I'm, I'm. LeBron is averaging 93 touches per game, and Anthony Davis is averaging 64. That's a big difference between the two best players on your team. Anthony Davis, who, by the way, averages more points than LeBron. He's leading the team in points. You, you know, I mean, he's leading the team in rebounds. He's leading the team in blocks. Like this guy does a lot of things. Leading the team in field goal percentage. He's a very good player. He is a, you know, top 10 player in the NBA. And yet even he can only manage 64 touches with LeBron. And then everybody else is in the 30s except for Rondo, who's, who's like 51 because Rondo's just like, I don't care, dude. I'm going to keep the ball. <laughs> like, I still want the ball because I'm Rajon Rondo. And so, <laughs> you know, 51 for him is actually impressive. Everybody else in the 30s, literally 30 or less. 37, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, 35, Markeith Morris, 33, Dwight Howard, 31, Contavious, 30, Caruso, 29, Avery Bradley, 27, just down, down, down the list. Quinn Cook's at 17. I don't know how much rhythm you can get touching the ball that little. Probably not a lot. I like when Quinn Cook, like sometimes he boosts our team. Right. Like he'll come in in the fourth quarter and hit like three shots in a row. You know, that kind of ability is huge. So I like Quinn Cook. I just don't know. I don't know what they think they're going to get out of any of these guys. Either of these guys. You put them on the roster, they're easily the worst players. (laughs) Easily. Easily. I mean, maybe better than Costas or... (laughs) Jared Dudley. Yeah, Jared Dudley, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Jared Dudley can play solid defense sometimes, you know? Um he can Kaylin give you a three-minute stretch a game. Yeah. That, that, and Dion Waiters, it's one of those things where once every 20 games, Dion Waiters can lose you a game. I mean, can win you a game. But once every three games, Dion Waiters can lose you the game. Yeah. It's like if some doctor was like, this pill, 1% of the time will get you superpowers. But 99% <laughs> of the time, it's cyanide. 
Yeah. Those, no, or like it drops your IQ to like 70. Yeah. Do you want it? It's like either you can become psychic or. No, 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 no. Re- reduce the ability. You can have Jubilee's powers, you can do fireworks. Uh, pretty or, cool. Dude, you'll make a lot of money on 4th of July. Or, or here's, the, here's the other side. Or you turn into the thing, but you don't have super strength. <laughs> you just carry around this mass just, of the you thing. You just look like the thing, but you have your same normal strength that you have right now. You just look like the thing. And that's Dion Waiters. <laughs> and that's Dion Waiters. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? No. 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 What are you even going to do with Jubilee's powers? That <laughs> has never, ever helped the X-Men. She took down one Sentinel one time. <laughs> like, ever. How? How is that even? I don't even know It was a malfunctioning Sentinel. That's for know. sure. <laughs> he was already weakened, okay? It already got weakened by Wolverine. And she just did the finish off move. And took that sentinel. Like the best thing you could do is if you distract them with a beautiful show, and they're like, "Whoa!" (laughs) Well, once a year, right? You become the most valuable member on the team. Of course, July Fourth. It's the greatest. Like you're so rich. You're so rich. That's valuable. That's valuable, okay? Because the X-Men need money, too. Where do they get money? <laughs> where do they explain that? How do they afford yeah. those jets? Where do they yeah, come where's from? Where's the fuel for the Blackbird, okay? Where do you get all that? Where do they get all that? I mean, there has to be some shady stuff going on. Professor X, he can read minds. He's probably getting money some illicit way. Jubilee, she puts on a fireworks show every year, raises enough money to fund the X-Men. <laughs> I changed my mind, Cliff. You know what? Let's do it. Let's get to no! <laughs> Maybe he'll turn out to be Jubilee, a valuable member of the Lakers. But most likely we're going to turn into the thing. But I believe the Lakers are Watsoning it and not surely you're kidding in it. Why rock the boat? Because they're going to end up taking minutes away from other people who have put in the time. Because, you know, those guys are Lebronis, you know. So, you know, they're going to get the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Are the Warriors Moriarty by claiming that they have a plan to get Giannis? (laughs) Their plan. Their plan is to trade for Giannis next year. Assuming that. The Bucks don't sign him to extension because Giannis is waiting for his Supermax. They have their current pick, which is bad. They have the Wolves next year pick. Mm -hmm. And they have Andrew Wiggins. And they believe it'll be enough to get the two-time league – assumed two-time league MVP. Joe, are they Sherlock or surely you're kidding? Wait, so they think that they have their own pick, which will be – you said it, it's a good pick, you mean? Yeah. Because they're going to suck. Yeah. So. Yeah. They suck this year. It's going to yeah, be so at top least three, top four. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, they're going to have, prob- let's just say, a top three pick. Another the, one next year. Big Wolves guessing next the Wolves year's pick. Yeah. Which will maybe be a lottery pick. Yeah. And. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins? For Giannis? You're not Moriarty. What? What are you talking about, fool? What? 
Surely you're kidding. You must be kidding if you think <laughs> that that is something. That's not something. That's nothing. That's nothing. That's garbage, dude. For Giannis, are you kidding me? As if the Bucks are going to panic and be like, oh, no. What if Giannis leaves? Let's hurry up and get Wiggins right now. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple picks. Are you, are you joking? This is ridiculous. That's not a pl- This cannot be the plan. You better at least throw in freaking Clay Thompson to get Giannis. Like, Let's get Wiggins. <laughs> no. Wiggins no. is, oh my no. gosh, Wiggins is just gar- complete nothing now. I mean, you know, once you get given up on, like once a franchise gives up on you, <laughs> like Minnesota did, after they've paid you, that's a sign. Okay, because people know that you see that player every day. You see yeah. that player every day in practice. You see how that player interacts with other players. You know the makeup of that player. And for you to draft him, you know, well, not draft him, but to get him in a where you're basically giving up your franchise future and you're getting him and you're being like, okay, he's going to be the future of our franchise. We're going to invest everything into him. We're going to put him in the position to succeed because – your success hinges on that player's success. So you, I'm sure Minnesota has done everything in their power. Not that they're some kind of amazing franchise. We know Minnesota's not a great franchise. But I'm sure that they have done everything in their power to help Wigan succeed. And he just hasn't, period. And so, look, this is, no, this is nothing. Maybe, All I know is that yeah. he will never be the same after my boy Jimmy B just ate his heart. <laughs> Just, just, just destroyed his confidence. Just like when Michael Jordan played with Kwame Brown, this is Andrew Wiggins playing with Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I mean, the talent level is obviously different, but Andrew Wiggins will never be anything after that Jimmy Butler I mean, but, incident. But let's be honest. He wasn't anything before. No, you're right. Yeah, it's not like Wiggins And was, that's part of the issue. Yeah. It's not like Wiggins was in a, a Devin Booker situation. You know, where it was kind of like, oh, he could be real good. He's still, something's missing. You know what I mean? And then Jimmy Butler comes to town and destroys him. You know, and then he just becomes nothing. Like, Wiggins, we've already seen him too many years be nothing. Yeah. He, he's never even achieved his, like, statistical potential. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's never even had a season where, and now finally he's having a decent statistical season. But we see, it doesn't translate to wins on the court. But he's never even had, like, a 26-point you know, six rebound, five assist season where he shot, you know, close to 50. Yeah, like he should be able to do that just on his athletic ability. And it's not like he's a bad shooter. It's not like he has any real flaws in his game. You know, he doesn't have a Ben Simmons bad shot. He doesn't have like really bad court vision or something. It's just like effort and desire. You just don't see it from him. He has no heart. And I don't know. I don't know if that can ever change. For him, it seems like it's really embedded, like it's just who he is. So I, nobody's going to give up anything for Wiggins. I mean, the he's, perf- he's going to be out of the league in like a him. couple of years. Perfect description of him is like, oh, he's still on the court. <laughs> he didn't get subbed out. Yeah. Oh, 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 there he is. Yeah. He's just yeah. standing in the corner. When, when you have Andrew Wiggins on your fantasy team, 
and you're checking on your phone and it's like says he's on the court but then you're also watching the game and you're like wait no he's not (laughs) where is he that's wrong yeah you're like the app's wrong oh wait and then he gets a rebound you're like oh that's him yeah after three minutes of doing nothing (laughs) probably being the most talented player on the floor most nights you're like oh oh there he is he's out there he's still playing on the other side I don't think there's a deal out there that could po- possibly even get Giannis. Mm. I don't even think there is one. Mm. Like, I don't think if you offered Luca and KP that the Bucks would say yes. <sighs> wow. I don't I think they'd do, say yes. I would, <laughs> I would do it. I would do it. I don't think they'd say yes, though. I don't think there's a deal out there for Giannis for them. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I don't think Giannis is going to leave. I don't know why people are trying to make it seem like he's going to leave. He's not going to leave. Like, yeah. unless something catastrophic happens, you know, unless unless there is, like, really a reason. But I don't think so. He doesn't seem like that kind of player. He's He is very much in the vein of kind of a Damian Lillard where he's like, nah, I want to do it here. I don't think he would be – I think he would want another player to come maybe, but I don't think he'd want to leave. Like, he's not blaming his teammates for losses. Like, really, like, his nope. playoff miss last year, it's kind of on him, right? And he's putting it on him to grow. Yeah. And so we'll see what happens this year. But to this point, there's no reason for him to leave. The organization has shown they'll keep Chris Middleton to keep him happy. They'll do. They'll give him right. the pieces around him. So right. he has no reason not to believe that this organization will do everything it can for him. So right. he'll stick around. But speaking of Giannis... Our boy, James Harden, speaking about Giannis. (laughs) This is a quote from James Harden. He says, I wish I could just run and was like seven feet and run and just dunk. Like that takes like no skill at all. I got to actually learn how to play basketball, how to have skill. You know, I, I take that any day. Joe, is this a level of trash talk? Sherlock or Shirley, you're just kidding. Um, wait, so what is, what is, is, do I think it's good trash talk? Yeah. No. Because <laughs> at first I was thinking, is it a good observation? And then I would say no. But then if you, if you, well, is it good trash talk? And I would say if. You're Russell Westbrook, it's okay to say something like this. Yeah. If you're James Harden, it is absolutely not okay. Why do you say? Because you cannot back it up. <laughs> because you're going to get smashed the next time you play the Bucks. Because Giannis is going to be uber motivated. And mm-hmm. uber motivation for Giannis is a good thing. He's going to play hard. And even if he doesn't shoot particularly well, he'll probably have like four blocks he'll probably yeah. have like three steals he'll probably have a bunch of rebounds and he'll definitely have at least three or four dunks and on the other hand harden one your game is not conducive to you being amped up like that mm-hmm. right because you should step back threes 
And that's a lot harder shot to make in an amped up pressure situation. And two, James Harden, you're not clutch. We've seen it a million times, right? You don't need stuff like this. You don't need other players to have bulletin board material. You're best when you're just kind of a lovable dude over there doing your own side thing. And where all the other upper echelon talent kind of sees you as a sideshow, as a joke. Like, kind of like, oh, you're just on the side. And while the media wants to put you on this level, on the Steph, you know, LeBron, Kawhi, uh, KD, you know, like on that level, the media wants to do it. I think all the players know he's not on that level. You know, he's a tier below. And he's it's not good for him. I don't think it's a good idea for him. I don't think it's going to bode well for him to give bulletin board material to another player. James Harden. Just <laughs> it this isn't like Kobe saying it to Dwight, right? No. No. Like arguably, Giannis is more skilled than James Harden. James yes. Harden has three moves, right? He has like his three moves. He has moves. a step back three. He has a step back three. He has a crossover drive to the basket and yeah, dunk or layup. Yeah, where he keeps the ball low and he'll yep. get fouled. He, he or knocks. Layup. He knocks his head back. He knocks yeah. his head back. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah. It's like literally part of it. He and then <laughs> through, knocks his head back and yeah. then shoots. And then he has his floater. He got a little floater. And his fourth move is free throw shooting. <laughs> it's his free throw routine. Yes. Like the so after this whole Harden thing happened, like Giannis responded right. He said. It hasn't really been a back and forth. I'm not that type of guy. Never tried to take stabs at somebody. Maybe sometimes it might come out like that, but I'm definitely not. I'm just trying to do my job, which is win games and go back home to my family and my kid. At the end of the day, if that's what he believes. That's what he believes. And you know what happened? So he said all that, right? No, that's fine. That's fine. The next game, he shot some fadeaways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did up and unders, and he did a dream mm-hmm. shake. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. fudge. And he was just destroying fools. It's not Dwight. You know, we've made fun of Dwight. All he has is the running hook. And it's not Kobe where he has 50 million moves. It's Harden and Giannis. Like, basically, you could say, I wish I was seven foot. And then that's it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just... This this is so it's it's crazy because Harden it's not even good trash talk, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just not. Because Harden really doesn't have a lot to say. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to be able to say something. And he has choked so many times. You know, he is like he's not in the position right now where he can say anything. Like the only thing he can do right now is win in the playoffs. Yep. And then he can maybe after that he could talk. <laughs> you know, like maybe he will regain the ability to talk. But for right now, he really can't say anything because he's choked so many times, because he's come up small so many times, because you know, yeah, it's his his game is his game. It's fine. And but the thing is anything he says about his game is gonna just sound defensive. Do you know what I mean? It's like and that's a losing strategy in trash talk. You can't be like, whoa. No. Like if they're like, oh, you, you suck. You never pass or whatever. You just like dribble the air out of the ball. You can't be like, no, I pass sometimes. I've averaged like a lot of assists before. It's like, dude, you just sound whiny yeah. and like yeah. weak. You know, just like don't say anything. You're just be like, yeah, side. you know, 
Yeah, just be like, oh, my game's my game, you know, whatever. You can make a joke about it or you can, like, brush it off. But when you say something, trying to get back at the other person, but they're actually better than you, <laughs> then it doesn't turn out well. And so... The most is... recent national memory of Harden is him giving up a layup to win the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah. A layup. Yes. A really makeable layup. And he was on the left side. It, it was... He's left-handed. Yeah, he's left-handed, yeah. It would have been real easy. But he just did it. I don't know what happened. He could have jammed it. But he's so concerned about being the MVP. The league MVP. <laughs> Why? Why does that matter to you? Why does that even matter? Uh, the funny thing is, I don't even think it matters that much. <laughs> it doesn't. I don't. No, I don't think it matters to him that much. Oh, really? Mm. I just think it's weird. Like, I don't really get the sense that anything really matters that much to Harden. You know, which is not necessarily a bad thing. He seems very chill. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't see a lot of emotions from him. Win, lose, or draw. He's just kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever happened, happened. That's just what happens. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Like that's kind of the stuff that he says a lot of times in the media. I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like that one time he had that fight with Chris Paul. Yeah. The reason it was so shocking to me is because I've never seen him do that. Like be expressive. Yeah, I've never seen him get like really pumped up, excited. Like he doesn't get a lot of texts. He doesn't get in fights with other players. When he gets knocked down or somebody punks him, kind of, he usually doesn't really do that much. He kind of just walks away. You know what I mean? He doesn't really. He doesn't have that fire. And so I, I just think he's chill. I don't think he's like scared or anything. I just think he's like a chill guy. Yeah. Yeah, we we've, we've mentioned it here too. We'd probably be friends with him. More than any yeah. of the other NBA players. <laughs> but Which is why this trash talk just didn't. <laughs> I don't think it landed that well. But yeah, I mean I mean, but he's got his like own if he's, problems too. If he was really if he was really like if he had balls, you know, if he was really he would just be like Well we'll we'll play them and we'll find out. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would just be like, because then you're just putting the pressure on yourself to prove it on the court. Yeah. And he knows at this point, that's pretty much all he has. You know, like, that's where it needs to be. And I'm just like, you know what? I'll just. uh, Yeah. You should just say, like, if he can can get to the finals, I'll see him there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. It's like, yeah, you know, like, we'll be there. You know, we'll you know what I mean? Like, like, you don't even have to say that part. But, you know, just kind of that's the kind of confidence he should be exuding. Not like. Whatever this, I would, I don't know. Whatever this is, whatever. he's trying to measure greatness by something so small. He's trying to change the goalposts, you know, which is what players do. It's what LeBron does sometimes, which is off-putting when he does it. Yeah. You know, everybody has always the goal has always been win, yeah. right? So you can't change it to something else. You can't change it to a weighted win or who is your teammates, or what stats you have, or how many other accomplishments. It has to be about winning. So rather than change the goalpost, you just got to change yourself and just say, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. And I, it seems like Giannis has, is doing that, and James Harden is doing the opposite. <laughs> and we got to talk about the Rockets, but we're going to talk about the Rockets. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> after the break. All right, we'll be back after this. 
All right, we are back with the Rockets. What are they? They just they're just coming off a six game win streak, which was broken by the Knicks. <laughs> they're seven and three since the trade deadline, including a one point loss to Utah and then a blowout against Phoenix. A mixed bag of results, but mostly really good with the six game win streak. So, Joe, first question: Is the small ball strategy working? Uh, depends what you mean by working. Do you mean, is it going to win them regular season games? Yes, yes. Let's start there. Sure, yeah. I think it uh, opens up the floor. Yeah. It gives Russell Westbrook and Harden more room to operate. And so, yeah, I think it'll work. And I think it is working. And I don't really think either of us had a lot of doubts that it would work in the regular season. It, You know, their offense is probably up, I'm sure. And yeah, they've dropped in all advanced metrics across the board except true shooting, efficiency, and offensive rating. Those are the only three <laughs> that of they've course. improved. They rank 29th in the last 10 games in rebounds per game, last in offensive rebounds, second to last in assists, seventh wow. in turnovers, 19th in personal fouls. Uh, but yeah. they're the fourth highest scoring team and the highest by far in three-point attempts per game. I oh think gosh. I think the small ball strategy right now is working. I think it, it's doing even better than I thought it would do. Uh, they have two quality wins. over. The, they have three quality wins, one over the Lakers and two over the Celtics. Like Those are pretty good quality wins. I know the Celtics were without Kemba, but... You know, they've won some close games, uh, and it looks like the team has employed the us versus the world mentality with right. this small ball thing. Like, oh, we'll show them. They don't believe yeah. in this. We can yeah. do it. And that's mm -hmm. great, you know, and and, sure. and that's great for them, and, and it's working out. The strategy is working out. But why I really think this is work, working. Do you got something else you got to say? No, 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 no. Okay. Why I really think this is working. Is Russell Westbrook. So let's talk about Russell Westbrook. Don't look now, but in February, Russell Westbrook is averaging 33 points on 55% shooting and 40% wow. from three. Holy He's the moly. second leading scorer in the NBA during this stretch behind Bradley Beal, who's been dropping 50 <laughs> pieces. I didn't know that was possible for someone averaging 17 points per game. Remember? But Remember only a year ago, you didn't even know who Bradley Beal was. <laughs> yeah, who's, who is that guy? <laughs> You had no idea who this guy was. <laughs> and recently, you were defending him to be on the East All-Stars. How far I've come. <laughs> Can't, look, you've you got to look truth in the eye and, and, and just, just can't lie to yourself anymore. So, Joe, on that vein, nice segue, are the Rockets looking at the new alpha mm. of their team, Russell Westbrook? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Yeah. Really? I think I think Westbrook has been the alpha from day one. Okay. Oh wow. Oh, Killmonger wow. came in. <laughs> and the thing yes. is, he came in, right? He came into Wakanda and he was like, you know what? You know what I did last time where I just came in and I was like, dude, I'm the rifle king. Like I'm gonna He said, You know what? I've learned a little bit. <laughs> you know, I've grown a little bit. And I'm not going to come into this situation like that. This time, I'm going to bide my time. And I see 
I see. Because this isn't this isn't T'Challa. This isn't the Black Panther. Yeah. This king here, this Hawkeye, he's very vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) He is not a natural born king. This is a man who is in turmoil, and I'm just gonna let him, you know, regicide. Like I'm gonna let him destroy himself. (laughs) And I'm just gonna wait in the wings, and when it's time, I'm gonna mention, hey, by the way, you know, I can be the rightful king here. (laughs) Like I can take over. Mm -hmm. Let me show you. Let me show you what I can do. And that's what Westbrook has done. I had a feeling he was going to be the alpha of this team from day one, knowing Westbrook. And it's clear, it's clear he's doing it. By the way, do you know who missed the game winner against the Knicks? It was Westbrook. Oh, it was Westbrook. Yeah. So Westbrook was the one with the ball in his hands at the end of the game. And Westbrook was the one who looked off Harden, (laughs) who was was about five feet behind the three-point line with a guy kind of guarding him. And... You know what, by the way, Harden didn't even really make a huge play to get the ball. Westbrook was kind of dribbling down the clock and he came to, you know, he wanted to take a three, wasn't there, took about an 18 foot contested jumper and missed it. Dribble, 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 shot the ball himself, didn't pass it to anyone. (laughs) And that's what the alpha does. (laughs) He takes that shot and looks off the beta, who was James Harden. In this situation. So I do think Westbrook is the new alpha for the Rockets. Mm. What do you think? I I think he also is the new alpha of the Rockets. Oh. But I don't think he did it intentionally. Uh. I think he did it of his natural own. Like it's just <laughs> his own ferocity that makes him the king. <laughs> so you, you think Killmonger came into Wakanda and he was just like, hey, can I just chill here? Like, let's have dinner. And after about a couple months, everybody's like, hey, you should be king. (laughs) (laughs) Just after hanging out for a while. After a couple months. Yeah, after a couple battles in Wakanda, M'Baku's like, "Uh, maybe you should be you. (laughs) (laughs) Not not even like that. They're just sitting around eating dinner. And and M'Baku's like, I think you should be king. <laughs> Just straight up. Like, I think you should do it. And Harden, yeah. also sitting there, is like, yeah, it's cool with me. It's cool with me. <laughs> cool with me. Or, or is it, or is it, they're at sitting at dinner. Is Mbaku like, you're already king, right? Like, you already became <laughs> king? <laughs> like, you just didn't tell anyone? Like, you already became it, right? Mbaku's like, we should do the battle. We should do the battle just to formalize it. And Harden's like, no, no, no. We don't need to do that. <laughs> so, wait, wait, like, no, let's no, go no, to no, the no, mountain. No. Let's I'm gather not, all no. the elders. No, 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 no. We don't need to do that. Here, no, yeah. here. <laughs> hey, let's, this, let's, just, let's trade chairs. <laughs> Take this. Take this. It's yours now. Wear it on your head. He, so the, for me, the thing that Killmonger has is the ferocity at the end of games. Like, from beginning to end, he has a ferocity. We've talked yes. about it. It's actually the same level of ferocity that Chris Paul had. Like, Chris Paul was mm. ferocious. But Harden mm. was not okay with it at the time, right? He was slapping away his right. hand. He didn't give Chris Paul the ball. But yeah. since Russell Westbrook was already his friend, like, he's right. kind of just letting it happen. 
you know, yeah. like yeah. Harden is just, is just kind of like, all right, you know, I, I guess you're the king. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's fine. And honestly, it's for the better of the team. It is. It really is. And like, is. I'm not saying Westbrook's a better offensive player than Harden. I don't think that's true. I think Harden actually would be much better suited for the position if he could just get it in his brain that yep. he is the killmonger. <laughs> I'm the killmonger, but he He's can't. He's not the killmonger. But he can't. He's not the killmonger. He can't. He just needs to get it in his head that he's king, and he deserves a seat at the table with the NBA elite. But he doesn't yeah. believe it. We saw it in the All-Star game. He didn't believe it when it came down to it. For the win. He didn't believe it. And, he didn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, even the Knicks, you were talking about Westbrook took a lack shot. Even, like, the minutes trailing up to it, Westbrook was the one keeping him in it. Westbrook he, is the alpha. He, he was the one the keeping alpha. him in it. And Harden yes. was missing the shots. And so he is the new alpha of the Rockets. There was no formal ceremony. But <laughs> Mbaku's, like, looking at him like, oh, you are, right? <laughs> So, <laughs> what's wrong with the former king of, of Houston? What's wrong with Harden? Is there anything wrong with Harden? He went from nearly 40 points per game in the first half of the season to now 30 points per game, which is still really good. It's just not 40. Uh, the problem with Harden is that Russell Westbrook has ascended, and so he's getting a lot more touches. He, they're playing more Westbrook's way now. Yes. They're playing more Westbrook's style. And by the way, Westbrook's style is not, you know, counter to Mike D'Antoni's style. I think Mike D'Antoni likes it because actually Westbrook is more his type of player. He gets out. He runs a lot. He creates a lot of possessions. Yeah. The one big difference between him and Chris Paul is that Chris Paul doesn't create possessions because he doesn't push the ball up the floor. He Mm -hmm. kind of dribbles the air out the ball. That's how he's been successful in his career. So while he did take a step back to compliment Harden and shoot a lot of threes, Westbrook's more just like pushing the ball up the floor and he's getting his points in transition. And Harden, I don't think, minds that. He doesn't really care because he doesn't love to be in transition and he doesn't want to get those points anyway. So he's just going to chill back. If if it doesn't work out, then Westbrook, <laughs> they can reset and Harden can just dribble, dribble, dribble. So, like, it weirdly works because getting rid of Clint Capella has created more possessions for them. That's why their offensive rating is up. You know, again, offensive rating is points per 100 possessions. They're... Because they can just push it up and they can get they can do all this stuff, it's gonna help them, right, create offense. And obviously three point attempts are gonna go up. Now, it's not gonna work in the playoffs, you know, because for them to win in the playoffs, Harden has to play like the alpha and Harden has to actually be the one initiating the offense. He probably is gonna be the one initiating the offense most of the time because there's gonna be a lot more half court sets. It's slow but yeah, it slows down, and Westbrook is going to become less effective. The problem is when they get towards the end of the game, they're not going to know what to do anymore because mm-hmm. it's not going to be like this. And Westbrook, mm-hmm. by the way, what it also helps Westbrook getting more shots up because it gives him rhythm. Westbrook's not a standstill shooter. He's not a spot-up shooter. So him taking a bunch of shots is good for him. It's going to help him shoot a better percentage because he's going to be able to pick and choose the shots that he wants. And he'll he'll shoot threes better too. Like it shows because when you're in rhythm and you're making a bunch of layups, your threes are also falling, right? And you're not forced into them. You can take them early. You can take them in transition because you have confidence. 
It's not going to work in the playoffs. When you see the ball go in the basket, it has a natural, magical effect on your shooting ability. If yes. you just see the ball go in, you're like, oh, the next one's going to go in. The next one's going to go in. The next one's going to go in. And I agree with you, right? Because uh, that's, that's the next question um, of this is, like, what are they going to do in the playoffs? And I don't think it will be <laughs> no much different. It's going to be a lot of the same. But everything that we've talked about always rests on the shoulders of your best player, right? And if Harden can't overcome when he's done, Westbrook's not enough to just pick up this guy and carry it to the finish line. He's just not skilled enough to be able no. to do that. No. And so it's really going to rely on Harden. And Harden, from everything you just said about uh, Westbrook running in transition and Harden doesn't like to do that, I just realized Harden doesn't play defense. He doesn't like run in transition. He doesn't want to work hard, right? <laughs> He's like watching that. He's like, I don't want to do that. He's like, I don't want to do James that. James Harden is one of those players where, like, he looks like a completely different person when he has the ball and when he doesn't have the ball. Yeah. That, that was know, like, like Mello. Yeah. If you just – if the camera just stayed on him when he doesn't have the ball, you can't even tell if he's in the game. <laughs> like, he's literally just walking around <laughs> barely – like giving effort, you know, I, and I give him credit. He's stepped up on defense. He plays harder on defense now, but he still doesn't play really hard defense. Like watch a player like, you know, Avery Bradley or Patrick Beverly or like Trevor Ariza, like watch those players when they don't have the ball, they work really hard. You know, yep. they're running around, they're setting picks, they're playing defense. And if you watch a guy like James Harden, he doesn't do anything almost when he doesn't have the ball. Even when his team has the ball, he kind of just stands around on the perimeter. He is totally content to let Russell Westbrook have his turn. And that's why it's going to work in the regular season because the middle's opened up. But even this game against the Knicks that they lost, uh, P.J. Tucker was on R.J. Barrett at the end of the game. And they had no interior help. And that's how R.J. Barrett basically got a layup. And then you come to the other side and they don't know what to run. They couldn't even run pick and roll because Russell Westbrook had the ball in his hands and they're just going to go under on a pick. It's not going to work. Like, you know, and then he had to shoot a contested 18 foot. It's just, this is dumb. That's not going to work, right? You need Clint Capella there. You needed Clint Capella for that interior defense. You need Clint Capella on the last play of the game to run pick and roll too. And they couldn't even do that. Like, it, it didn't make sense. I didn't know what they were doing. They've, I think this hurts their identity. It's going to win them regular season games, but they don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs. And it's – look, the Houston, the first round, they're probably going to destroy whoever they play. Yep. You know, unless they fall too low down and they have to play the Clippers or something, but I don't think that's going to happen. They'll probably stay in 4-5. They're going to play the Jazz or something, and they'll, they'll probably beat, the, beat jazz. the Jazz. They'll beat the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, they're better than the Jazz. You can't you and if they lose to the Jazz, I'll destroy them. Like we we should just freaking pile on them if they lose because you can't have Russell Westbrook and James Harden on your team and lose to the Jazz. That's just that would be a travesty. Both right? those so guys are better than any of the players on the Jazz. <laughs> any of Com the players on the Jazz combined. Combine any two players. Combine Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell together to make one super player, and they're still better. Like th that's just how it is. And so they'll win, right? And people are going to be like, oh, are the Rockets, are they, you know, can they really be contenders? And they're going to get destroyed in the second round. It doesn't matter who they play. The Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, any of those teams will beat the Rockets. They're going to beat the Rockets. They will, for sure. I think 
The only scenario I really wish for, fingers crossed, is for Chris Paul to rock the baby. <laughs> rock oh, I, I the baby. I so hope OKC. I so hope the Rockets stay in four and OKC moves up to five. And if we could see that first round matchup, it would that be, would be so glorious. Oh, magnifique! That would be, that would just, be so just, just so delicious. Um, yeah, it's, this is the problem, right? Because I mean, this is the problem that. Nash's sons face in the playoffs all the time is that people exactly. slow down the pace. Exactly. And that team was amazing, right? You got Nash, Amari, Joe Johnson, Sean Marion. You, you, you got such a great, talented team. You got Grand Hill. You got all these people. And even they couldn't do it, right? Of course, they faced up against Tim Duncan and all those guys. But look, like, James <laughs> Harden is not facing up against nobody's. <laughs> The thing is, when you were talking about, oh, it's us against the world, you know, small ball. I'm like, in my, you know what I was thinking? That's what I almost was going to say. I was like, yeah, we've seen this before. D'Antoni does this with every single team that he has. Oh, small ball, it's not going to work. Oh, well, we're proving it's going to work. You know, we got 60 wins, whatever, right? Like every season, he has the same mantra. He says the exact same thing. And that, to me, is why they will lose, right? Because if he could just say, you know what? I realize it doesn't work, you know, or at least tweak it. Just be like, you know, I re- I've learned some things from losing and we're going to, yeah, we're going to play small, but we're going to tweak some things and we're going to change some things and we're going to make sure, you know, but he doesn't, he's out there to prove he's still out there to prove that his system works, that he can win with his system. And Daryl Morey's behind it. You know, all the analytics guys are behind it. They're all eating it up. And that's why it it creates these inflated stats and people think, oh, no, is it working? Like, was it a good move to actually get rid of Clint Capella? No, man, it's not. It's not going to – it's going to be revealed that it wasn't good. It's not going to work. And then I don't know what they're going to do after this season. The the reason why it works well in the regular season is because the games don't matter as much. They don't matter. So when you're but, looking at one to eighty-two, you're like, oh man, I gotta run with these guys like all yeah. day, like whatever. Like it's fine, let them run. We'll just play whatever, and then they lose, and they're like, who cares? But when it's yeah. the playoffs and every single game matters, they and will no run to backs. They will run, and they will yeah. ensure they will play everything that they can, and then then what? They have no backup plan. Yeah, that's the thing sh- that that's the thing that happened with. Nash's sons too, right? Like uh, yes. Nash was on the Bill Simmons podcast talking about his run with the the Suns, and he said by the playoffs he was tired. Yeah. He was tired, and the reason why he's tired is because they run and gun eighty two games and they get wiped out. Yeah, completely yeah. tired. And the thing is, and you know, f- while fatigue is a factor. It, it's compounded by the fact that the other team is playing way harder defense than mm-hmm. they are in the regular season. Yes. You know, so it's like, yes, fatigue is a factor like you're tired, but it's also the other team is playing a lot harder because there's no back to backs because you have game plan for this team. And every coach is going to be like transition, 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 defense. Yep. You got to yep. play transition. Yep. You got to get, get back, back get transition. back, get back. Yeah, they're drilling that into your head. So you come into the series knowing what to expect. You know how you're supposed to play. You have a, a strategy and a game plan. Whereas, like, in the regular season, they're human, man. They're tired. They're just going to be like, forget it, man. Like, whatever. We lost. Yeah, who cares? Like, who yeah, who cares? cares? And we'll just lose this game. Like, whatever. There's back-to-backs. You know, there's, like, your fatigue. 
players are like not feeling 100%. Like there's going to be all kinds of reasons. And if your system is good, like the Rockets, where it just produces opportunities and points, then yeah, you'll win out because just by sheer volume, right? Like of good shots and good opportunities. And in the playoffs, it's not going to be like that. It's not going to be that easy. You have to have a second move, a third move, you know, a fourth move as a team and as a coach and as a strat, you know, as a strategist. And I just don't think, I don't think D'Antoni is going to bring it. He hasn't brought it ever, basically. And I I really doubt that it's going to happen this season. Me too. Like, what's going to change here? What's going to change? Unless Harden dramatically changes and ascends to be the rightful king. No, not rightful king. Ascends to be a king. (laughs) (laughs) So you mean mean where Baku's like, hey, you're the king, right? And Harden's like, no, 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 I'm still the king. <laughs> That's all he <laughs> yeah. needs to say. If he could just do that. <laughs> if he could get enough assertiveness just to say that. They, they could really go places. I do believe <laughs> in their talent. I do believe in their talent. I think it's still silly. They don't have a center or someone that can get boards or block shots. Yeah, they have the, play shortest, defense. Starting, they have the shortest lineup in like ever or so, like in like 50 years or something like that. James Harden jumps center. Is that not the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard? <laughs> uh, but until he, like, really, playoff success is going to hinge on James Harden. I have not seen anything in recent history or past history that tells me that he will say, yeah, yeah I'm the king. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm the king. So while Killmonger is going to continue to Strip the tr- th- strip the throne out of someone's hands. Oh yeah, it will help somewhat, but in the end, it will all be for naught. Yeah, it'll be Kill- an entertaining first round because Killmonger them. is not the rightful king. <laughs> He's not the rightful king. Unfortunately, neither is James Harden. There's n- <laughs> they need <laughs> if Dame Dalla came. <laughs> no, they need the Kevin true Durant. Black Panther. They need Kevin Durant to come back. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh, that was once we, the kingdom. That was we once can't the bring kingdom that up again. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. If you haven't listened to our OKC greatest what if, it truly is the greatest what if of all time. Oh, so such travesty. On that sad note, that was the Rockets. What are they? What we? What are they, Joe? They're. Another playoff exit away. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll be back with our two for the road after this. All right, we are back with our two for the road. Joe, I'm going to give you my one for the road. There's an announcement. Claire Crawley is the new Bachelorette on ABC. After weeks of deliberation and rumors. I don't know who that is. ABC has shocked the world. The entire world by adding the 38 year old former runner up on the bachelor two time bachelor in paradise attendee and got engaged on the one time bachelor in paradise or bachelor winner game show. She's not engaged what? anymore. Of course. What the, What is that? It was only a one time show. It was horrendous. <laughs> this comes after the horrendous, horrendous group of candidates from this current crop of women and Hannah B the former Bachelorette, turning down the show again after not being able to agree on compensation. Because she was going to do it again? They asked her to do it again, but they couldn't agree 
in compensation. Because if wow. you don't remember, she was engaged. She got engaged to someone that had a girlfriend right up to the point where they started filming. And said he would come hmm. back. And said he would come back to her. Hmm. So <clears throat> they made this turn. Uh, they didn't pick anyone of recent memory. Claire has been gone for quite a long time. Uh, she's going to be bringing the show's contestant age up. And it'll be a sight for sore eyes because uh, most of the people now are 23 to 25, which is okay. just so young uh -huh. to be able to try to find love, even though they say this is their last chance to find love. <laughs> right. But Doesn't that Joe, make it more... Funny though. Okay, yeah, go. I still believe, but it's still, it's not, it makes it funnier, but it makes right. it less real. And the appeal of the show is not really the comedy of it. It's Are really, you sure? the, it's really the quest for true love in this absurd scenario. All right. I, I don't know, but okay. <laughs> I'll so, just go along with it for now. So, but I still believe the right move at this time would have been. To take a chance, expand the repertoire, do something you've never done before. And it was a chance to try to get a celebrity. This was the oh. chance. Oh. Someone like Charlize Theron, who's a fan of The Bachelor, or January Jones, Anna Faris, Amelia Clark, all those people are single and fans of the show. This was their chance to be able to kind of flip the narrative and be like, this process works. It worked for blank. And mm. these people bring a big gravitas because they are celebrities and can draw in additional viewership. And sometimes you got to just change it up, right? You got to change up the formula and do something a little different. Like with Survivor bringing in all winners, like you got to do something that's going to draw a little more attention and more eyeballs. So am I okay with the Claire Crawley pick? Yeah, it's all right. But could they have done something a little more different, a little more out of the box? I think so. Uh, so a little disappointed, but otherwise, it's all right. Congratulations, Claire Crawley, <laughs> on being the Bachelorette. That's for Joe. you, Claire, Claire Crawley. I have no idea who you are. <laughs> Wait, so you want them to do Celebrity Bachelor? I want. I wanted or them Celebrity to do, Bachelorette. She should. They should have picked a Bachelorette that was a celebrity, but the contestants are all just regular people. Oh, they're all regular guys. Yeah, that's interesting. That would be really interesting to watch, actually. I yeah. don't... Do you really think people watch The Bachelor because they are interested in this person finding love? I do. I do. I think 75% of people do. I think 20% watch it for the drama and 5% are watching because their spouses are watching. That's the percentage I'm in. And when I do watch it, and I just pretty much laugh at everything <laughs> because I think it is completely ludicrous. I think the notion that you could find love on this show or that you would go to the show to find love is kind of ludicrous. It has happened, though. There have been successful couples. It has happened, but I don't know. The... I'm all for the celebrity bachelor idea, though. I yeah. think that would be very interesting. It'll mix it up. It'll mix it up. All right, Joe, what is your one for the road? My one for the I'm going to go to the other side of reality TV. 
Um, American Idol. Oh. A show that I have not watched in a very, in a long very long time. time. A very long time. We used to watch it together when we could tape it. I had no idea what's going on with it. I probably haven't seen it in, oh, I don't know, at least a decade. Um, because even the, even if I would catch one of these shows, it would be like The Voice or something. I probably I probably watched it that more recently. Right. But this clip came across my feed. Have you seen it? Have you seen anything of American Idol recently or a long time ago or, or uh, I mean, in recent no, years? No, no. So there's this clip of Doug Kiker, a okay. dude from Alabama okay. who is a garbage man. Okay. And he has never sung f- basically for anybody. Okay. Like he never sings almost in any context. He's only sung on the back of a dump truck okay. while he's, you know, picking up trash. And he sings Rascal Flatts' Bless the Broken Road. Uh-huh. And dude, it's like very heartwarming <laughs> to watch this. It is probably, he sings, you know, he sings well. He's not like amazing, but he, he sings well. But he has, the, the thing about it that's amazing, and it's one of these things where I kind of, you know, I'm very cynical about reality TV at this point, which I think many people are, because everybody understands, like, we live in a celebrity culture, mm-hmm. you know? So everybody knows, even on your own social media or something, there's this implicit understanding of what it means to to be in front of people you know it's kind of like 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 you're always aware there's this awareness that we have all the time that people are watching us mm-hmm. you know or that we are presenting something for people and this guy is so not like that like he's so genuine and he really has no idea of his singing ability and so watching him react to the judges reacting to him like that he can't sing and they're like complimenting him and and it's weird. Like, they're like, oh, like, I'm going to get a, like one of the, you know, the, you know, one of the judges basically is like, oh, I'm going to get on the piano. I'm going to like play for you. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's it's funny because he doesn't even really know what to do. They're like asking him to do stuff. He doesn't know the terms. He doesn't know really anything about music, but he does have a really amazing voice. And I was like, oh, this is this is really cool. Like, this is kind of the the one good thing of, that could come out of reality TV, a person who is completely unaware of his own ability, but is being validated basically by people who are in the music industry and also probably, I'm sure, you know, many people on social media at this point. Um, I think that's cool. So I'm I'm rooting for this guy, Doug Kiker. He's not, he probably can't go, all, I don't think he'll go all the way unless he improves dramatically because he gets lessons or something. Right. But if he if he did, that would be amazing. I would it would kind of restore my faith in reality TV a little bit. You got to have a little more charisma and play it up to to win something like that. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, he like the thing is it's voting though, right? That's true. Yeah, and so if you have a good story, it takes you I think it takes you a certain distance. And then at that point, you know, you you kind of have to prove it musically. And I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure there are more successful bachelor couples than there are American Idol winners. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah. Like none of I these mean, but, shows produce anybody. Um 
I have no idea because I don't follow it. I don't even know if there are or not. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I have no idea, but I think more than like them becoming I don't know, famous or successful. Like the thing that's cool about this guy is he has no idea he can sing. I see. Do you know what I mean? So for yeah. him, he's not there to be famous. Yeah. Which is what I hate about re- you know what I mean? Like yeah. what's really what's really distasteful about reality shows is that you know that people go on there to be famous. To get Yeah, like to to get Instagram followers. Right. Whatever the yeah, whatever the fame, the level of fame. Like they they do like because at this point, you know, if it was 20 years ago, you go on a reality show, you don't really know what it is. You don't really know why you're doing it. You're kind of doing it for money. You know, maybe you're doing it because you have some aspirations somewhere, but you don't really understand what it is. Right. In today's time, everybody knows what it is, right? Like if you yeah. go on The Bachelor, you know what comes along with it. Right. If you go on Survivor, you know what comes along with it, right? Generally speaking, and somehow this guy doesn't know, <laughs> you know, like he doesn't realize what this is. He is that almost like naive. Mm-mm. And so it's incredible to see somebody in 2020 go on a show and not really understand the implications of what's happening. And on top of that, because this is not just a show about nothing, you know, it's a show about singing. He doesn't understand his own talent. And so it's really cool to see him react to that and see it. And so, I really I want to see him go far almost just as a social experiment or as a thought experiment because I want to see what happens to him as he realizes what's happening. Um, but in any case, I'm rooting for him. So, hey, you go, man. You got Joe's support, <laughs> and you know what? If Joe supports you, I also support you <laughs> tangentially. You have my tangential support. <laughs> I have no idea if that means anything. <laughs> you might have the people support too. Of course it you. does. Of course it does. CJ, tell this guy. <laughs> Get in touch with this guy. Let him know. The Blazers are coming. <laughs> Portland's coming back. Dame's going to come back. Nurkic is going to come back. Memphis is just collapsing right now on themselves because JJJ is out. And... Zion might steal rookie of the year, which is crazy. Whoa, you're giving like real takes right now. I, I, thought, we were about to cl- I thought we were about to close weird, this I know, We're about to close up, but I'm just saying, all weird. This guy got <laughs> you, you, me pumped up. You're, you're getting in the last takes. You're just like, <laughs> just like throwing it in there. Just throwing them all out there. And then we'll, and then we'll go over them next week where I'll be like, nah, those weren't real takes. I just said them at the end. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's SBR, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the People's Pod. Subscribe, like, comment, share, rate us, give us five stars. We'll be back next week with more nonsense. This is SBR with Joe. Peace. Peace. You know what? You know what James Harden's like. Mm. 
It's like, <laughs> it's like playing ski ball, right? Uh-huh. But instead of actually doing the ski ball, you just run up to the thing and put everything <laughs> in the hundreds. You just put it in. Yeah. And then you take all the tickets. And instead of buying like the helicopter or like the video game, you just get the Chinese finger traps. <laughs> wait, wait. Why is it like that? Because like you cheat your way and you could get you can you could do it. You have all the tools to get the thing. Oh, but he doesn't but, win. But the he prize. doesn't make the right decision <laughs> when you buy the gift. He doesn't make the right decision with the tickets. <laughs> it's like you yeah, you cheated. Great. You cheated. You got all the tickets. You got all hundreds. You got a perfect score on ski ball, even though you didn't actually ski ball. You got all the ski balls. Then you take the tickets and you're like, I want a hundred Chinese finger traps. And he's like, What? And they're like, wait, you don't want that championship trophy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want the champion you don't want the NBA championship trophy? Oh, I nope. didn't even I didn't even think of that. <laughs> oh shoot, you're right. <laughs> I already got the finger traps though. <laughs> That's James Arden. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so good. That's James Arden. <laughs> and then he gets mad at Giannis. Who throws, <laughs> who throws the ski balls overhand and he's like and he's making them all but he's like dude if i was tall like that i could do that too so instead, no, 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 i he, run up there and just stick no, them. he's he's skiing normally but he has longer reach right so he's like so it's like a layup yeah yeah it's like it's like a layup right he just kind of he's like dude it. anyone could do that then why don't you do the ski ball? <laughs> and then Yannis is like, hey, bro, why didn't you get the trophy? He's <laughs> like, oh, I didn't think of that. Shoot. That's smart. <laughs> Dang. You're so smart. <laughs> That's James Harden. <laughs> That's a good one. Because <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. <laughs> I didn't know how that connected. Yeah. <laughs> because he's so cheap and so unfair. But then it just doesn't work out in the end. That's that's the story of James Harden. That's what he does, though. He puts it all in one, all your eggs in one basket. One move. That's what it is. Step back. It's one move. Can you imagine? No, it's in like it's in like it's like MMA, but all you have is just like a roundhouse kick, <laughs> and that's like your only move. But it's like devastating. But like, yeah, if you land if it, it connects. if you, la- <laughs> if if it you connects. land it, it's over. If you if it connects, it's over. But you have no other moves. You that's... have no defense. You have no ground game. You have nothing. That's like um. When my brother and I used to play Tekken, yeah, he knew a grapple with King, the unstoppable grapple. Yeah, yeah, you could do it. It's like nine moves and you're dead, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, he would practice that all the time, so he knew it by heart and all that stuff, right? <laughs> but you have to like 
initiated you have to, to get do it. it. Yeah, you have to connect. Yeah. And he wouldn't do any other moves. He'd <laughs> just be trying to initiate that that grab. He's like, once I get you, you're down. Once I get you, though. Once I get you, it's over. But you know, he's, he's not really blocking. He's not doing anything. He's just trying to grapple me. Yeah, because you're always preparing for that one move. Yeah. That's James Harden. Yeah, like he he gets like a thirty and zero record because all these guys they don't see his roundhouse coming, <laughs> just get him, and then in the finals, <laughs> in the regional finals, the dude ducks, <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh crap, what do I do?" Slow, They're ducking, duck duck jab, <laughs> sweep the leg. Maybe it's even like the Karate Kid. If the Karate Kid only did the queen kick the entire time. <laughs> it's move. like everyone knows. Like, oh, it's devastating. <laughs> it won the national championship. <laughs> but you're just standing on one leg. <laughs> <laughs> can I just move around? Can I just come to this <laughs> yeah, side? Yeah. Can I t- can, you can't turn, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why would you go in like that? <laughs> if you're if you're Johnny, what what are you doing? Why are you going straight in to what appears to be setting up for a kick? <laughs> a, a straight kick, no guard, just Why? face first. Why would you go in face first like that? <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't appear to make that much sense. But you know what? I mean, James Harden, he's got three moves, and somehow <laughs> it's been enough. It's That's just good. a roundhouse, a jab, <laughs> and I don't know, a straight kick. Those are his three moves. The roundhouse is the devastating one, though. What's the free throw? The jab? <laughs> <laughs> no, free. Th- uh, what's free throw? I don't know. Free throw is like a cheap... When they're locked up, he's got a little he's got a little rib jab. When, when boxers hold and then he just yeah. gets a little you just, just kinda give him a little yeah. that's that. It's it slowly wears them down. He's practiced that move a lot. The whole when, you're, the, when you're locked up and you get those little jabs yeah. in. That's just what he practices all day. not a bad deal i gotta say (laughs) sometimes those cheap tactics work and then you know when you get into those really important fights they study the film and they're like hey he only has he only has four moves (laughs) (laughs) like study the film they're like wait no literally he's only done these four moves ever And that's James Harden.